Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Very important discussion that we started last Sunday. There's something called a biblical worldview. And essentially, what that means is how you see the world. Do you see it from a biblical perspective? A worldview is how you, what forms your, your view, your opinion. Interestingly, and, and I'll, we'll talk about that as we progress, they asked a number of Christians on certain issues. And um, it was surprising that a lot of people do not, a lot of Christians, do not take their worldview from the scriptures. Praise God. Now they didn't take their worldview from the scriptures. So, what that means essentially is this, right? It means that people live their life not based on the written word, but on what is convenient. So, when you show them the word, they'll say, well, I'm okay like this. I've always told you, you know, there's this status people post, or these quotes people post. There is six. Yeah? And somebody stands here and says, what do you see? Say, it's six. Then another person stands here. He say, what do you see? He say, it's nine. He say, hey, you are correct. I'm correct. No, both of you can be correct. Malcolm Magri said, when the fences are taken off, first ask why the fences were put there. Right? So, the way to know who is wrong is to ask who wrote it. Do you understand that? Are you going home or you're here? Am I right? So, we have to find out who wrote this thing. So, if the person says, I'm the one that wrote it, and it is nine I wrote, that means the person who said six is wrong. Am I right? You see, we want to live in a world where nobody is wrong, everybody is right. And if you take out absolutes, then there is no basis for judgment. Because if six is right, nine is right, then how do you judge who is wrong? And when we talk about the issue of money, when we talk about the issue of money and mammon, the believer has absolutes. Praise God. The believer has absolutes. There are instructions, very firm instructions where the word of God is concerned. Praise the name of the Lord. And what we were looking at on, on last Sunday was the fact that God says you cannot worship two masters. Matthew chapter 6, let's get back there. Matthew chapter 6. And verse 
24. No one can serve two masters. The word master that I told you is curious. Lord, what does a master do? Who can tell me? What does a master do? A master lords over you. What does a master do also? Control. I like that word. A master does what? Control. Someone else? What does a master do? What, when you hear the word master, what comes to your mind? Instruct. Yeah. Instruct, control, lord. What else? English students. Guide. Direct. Perfect. 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 No man can serve two masters. And if you're not careful, money becomes lord over your life. And this is not about whether a man has it or not. There are people who don't have money that all their lives is controlled by the money they don't have. Their choices, are you following this? Where they go, who they talk to, they don't have it yet, but it is exerting influence over their lives. Praise God. There are people who everything about their life is centered around money. Everything. The control of money. Now, verse 25 says, For this reason, wait, let's go back. For either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. And we talked about that. You cannot serve God and wealth, or you cannot serve God and mammon. You will be devoted to one, and you will do what? Hey, you will do what? Let's look at those two words, right? Let's look at these two words. Let's look at the word devotion. What do you think devotion means? English students. Committed. To be devoted means to be committed. Someone else? To be what? Dedicated. Someone else? Worship. Involved. Sold out. Perfect. You should be the pastor of this church. Sold out. To be devoted means to be sold out. Now look at what the Bible says. It says, you will be sold out to one and what will happen to the other? Hey, come on now. What will happen to the other? Despise the other. Sold out to one and despise the other. That means if a man is sold out to money, there are no options. He will despise God. If you're sold out to money, you will despise God. You cannot serve God and wealth. You cannot serve God and wealth. Let's think about this. If the Bible tells us that we cannot serve God and wealth, then it's important we we take notice of this. That the only thing God equates to himself in the scripture is money. The only thing he says that people cannot serve is money. He says you cannot serve God and money. Many people bow at the altar of money. They despise God, despise the instructions of God. I talked about it, starting from preachers. Where everything in the church is about money. 
Where the man who has money is the one who leads, even though he's unfaithful. You know, the scripture tells us and gives us the criteria of a man who should lead the church of God. And one of the things he says is that he must not love filthy lucre. He mustn't love money. He must not be a lover of money. But if you scan our churches today and scan everything we do today, it's about what? It's about money. When we pray, it's about money. Our meetings are about money. Everything is about money. It's about the highest giver, the highest donor. Now, there is a place for giving, and which is very important. We cannot take that out of Christianity. But we cannot make everything in the church of God centered around this thing called mammon. Does it exert influence over your life? Does it control your life? Does it govern your life? Does it rule your life? Praise God. Let's look at the rich fool. Luke chapter 12 verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who appointed me your judge or arbitrator over you? Then he said to them, Beware and be on your guard against every form of greed. Observe that word. Note that word. Every form of greed. Means greed can come in several ways. Can come in several forms. Some people are greedy. They don't know it. Some people are greedy. They don't know it. For instance, you'd ask yourself, what would make a sitting governor of a state in Nigeria as rich as this nation is keep stealing from the states? You've got all your allowances, right? You've got everything. And you keep stealing. It's greed. It's a form of greed. And some of us are like that in our jobs. There are people working for you and you cut their salaries. You are already earning more than them. You still cut extra 5000 to add to your own from 20 people to make more money. What do you want? It's greed. Why can't people stand to teach the truth of God's word? Greed. Because people feel if we teach the truth, then uh, people are not going to give money. Well, teach the truth and leave the consequences to God. And like I always say, if the money doesn't come, shut down and go home. And when they ask you, why did you shut down? Say, there was no money to run. It's God that sent you. Instead of deceiving God's people. It says, be on your guard against every form of greed. For not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possession. And he told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man was very productive. And he began reasoning to himself saying, what shall I do since I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my bands and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods and I'll say to my soul. He owned his soul. He talked. He says, this is my soul. I'll I'll talk to my soul. (laughs) Soul, you have many goods. Laid up for many years to come. Take your ease. Relax. Eat, drink, and be merry. This is the American dream. This is what everybody wants. Right? Yeah. Money stops nonsense. 
You know, you've, you've built a lot of those quotes in your life. And that's why you sometimes you have a lot of ungrateful people. And like I showed you, Deuteronomy chapter 8, God is not against you having wealth. He wants to give it to you. He only says, don't ascribe it to your power and don't put your trust in it. Look at this. But God said to him, you fool. If God calls you a fool, you're one. This very night, your soul is required of you. Since you have made all your plans, give me what belongs to me. Your soul is required of you. And now, who will own what you have prepared? Don't forget, don't forget Luke 12.20. Every time you plan, don't forget Luke 12.20. That's why I tell you, when you pass on, the people that will use what you have laid up, you will be surprised. That's your auntie that you don't like. He's the one that will use that shirt you like. You see how you will be turning in your grave. <laughs> don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. You know, we, we, we almost go through life as if we have a grip of life. Hmm? Acquisition. Why you are sad this morning is because you could not buy a purse last month that you have planned that you will not enter the second half without that purse. <laughs> the grip of materialism in our soul. So you see, most people are happy month end. Excited. Once it gets to the second week before salary, Pastor, you have to sing a lot of songs, and dance to the Lord, dance, sing. No matter what you are going through, God is there for you. I mean, you just have to encourage people. <laughs> God said to him, "You fool! This very night, your soul is required for you, required of you. And now, who will own what you have prepared? So is the man who stores up treasure for himself, and is not rich towards God." And he said to his disciples, for this reason I say to you, do not worry about your life. So if you read on, the Bible talks about, he he starts talking about worrying about your life. That when a man starts worrying insistently about his life, he is bowing down to the God of Mammon. That's the form it takes. Praise God. There is a level of peace and rest that your life needs for the blessings of God to walk in it. Most decisions are money driven. There are people who join this church because they think we have money. It's not that they, they are hearing the message. They just think, say, we cannot have a church that is fine like this and they don't have money. Ah, cannot. In their mind, they calculate our offerings for us. Yeah. They just say, no do, no do. Hundred. Yeah. That, they are not here because I'm teaching the truth. They don't care whether it's truth. So there are many cars. <laughs> you don't even know if they are fuel in those cars. <laughs> yeah. You know, there are people who make those choices. They're not here because they like the church. They're not just here because they feel there's money. There are people you are close to today. You know that you shouldn't be close to them. But the God of Mammon has led you in that direction. Heaven will help those who help themselves. That's the statement coming out of your mouth. So you are now close to ungodly people because of money. So you are the one they sent to lie. Hmm? You are the one they sent to lie. 
You see, you're already buying down to mammon. You are despising God's word that says you should say the truth. Hmm? <laughs> because you know, we really don't care where the money for our offerings come from. It's just that we want to have the offerings. Are you still here? Okay. I'm reading God's word. Let's look at another young man, Matthew 19, who was serving God for what he could get, but he was not ready to obey God. Mark, Mark 10. How do you serve mammon? It's when mammon makes you to disobey God. Mark 10. Interesting story. Verse 17. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, oh, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Come on, is this a good question? Does this look like a good Christian? Unlike the one who came when Jesus was teaching and said, Sir, sir, please, ask my brother to divide. (laughs) Have you seen, I don't want to mention names, but if you go to the history of our nation, have you seen where children and families get scattered because of their father's wealth and their father's property? Have you seen that? Where brothers take brothers to court. If those men were still alive, they would have wished they didn't have money. You know when your father is poor, there's nothing to fight over. They will say, I do want his shoe. Say, no, it's okay. You can bury him with his shoe. But how many of you understand I'm not preaching poverty, right? I'm putting things in perspective. We must not allow this thing about money to take a grip of our souls. Every one of us here, there is a level of sadness we can feel that we're not earning enough. Have you heard someone who is earning more than you complain that what is earning is not enough? And in your mind, you just feel like God, God, if I get to his place, I will not complain again. It's a lie. You said that 10 years ago. You said that 10 years ago. How many of you know that the life you are living now, if they had told you 10 years ago you would live this life, you would not believe it. But you are still complaining. Is greed. Is lack of contentment. One of the things that Christianity should do to you is contentment. It's not about settling for mediocrity, but you are content. Are you still here? Mark then, we're reading, verse 18. And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, teacher, I have kept all these things from my youth up. Great guy. Kept all the commandments. You know, you say this is, if I read all these commandments now, ask how many of you can answer like the man. Should we try it? Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Slash fornication. Do not steal. Do not bear falsehood. 
Do not defraud. Those of you who work for people, mechanics, <laughs> tailors, <laughs> plumbers, hmm? shoemakers, contractors, supervisors, suppliers. Think about that one. Honor your father and mother. Yeah. You know, do not be a false witness is actually saying things about people that are not true. I know somehow a lot of people are guilty of this because we say a lot of things about people that are not verified. I'm just showing you in case you say good, 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 bad. <laughs> okay, let's leave that. That's not what we're talking about. And he said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these things from my youth. Wow. Looking at him, Jesus felt a love for him. Now, let me explain something to you. There are very few times in the scriptures that you will see this kind of love well up in Jesus. And the Bible says, and Jesus felt a love for him. And said to him, one thing you lack. Now, let me ask you something. If you, if you were to look at this without reading the Bible, would you think that this guy would lack anything? In your mind, what do you think this guy would lack? Ah! If he was in our church, this would be the senior pastor. But this is interesting. One thing you lack, go. Sell all you possess and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. I want to show you something you might never have seen from this verse. Sometimes people wanted to follow Jesus. And Jesus told them, don't follow me, go back home. This was the very first time outside of the 12 disciples that Jesus offered an opportunity for someone to follow him. The same call he gave to the disciples was the same call he gave to this man. He said, hey, come on, guy. I love you. I answered all the questions. He's like, Jesus says, you know what? I love you. But one more thing. Go sell everything you have. Come follow me. <laughs> the man said, it's eternal life I want, not poverty. But at these words, he was saddened. And he went away grieving. Think, think a look at this. The man ran up to Jesus, ran up to Jesus, knelt down, Master, what will I do to have eternal life? Okay, now the Master has told him the answer. You know what? He was grieved. He went back sad. And the Bible tells us the reason. It says, for he was one who owned much property. And can I tell you something? This young man walked away from an opportunity to be a disciple of Jesus because of what he owned. That's how big money was in his life. He despised Jesus. 
He loved his property and hated God. I want you to think very deep on this story. What that means is that the issue between God and mammon is when the instructions of God come to you, do you despise those instructions because of what you have? I told, I told you. There are people who should be in church this morning and they are playing golf. They are watching the STV. Hmm? It's too much money. It's excessive money. A simple test. If God tells you right now as you are seated, I'm not saying you should do it, but if God tells you right now as you are seated and says, you know what, I need you to close this your account, this your account, this your account, and put it into the kingdom. What would be your response? Who will control you at that time? Or God tells you, resign your job and go do mission somewhere. Who's going to control you? This is big. At these words, he was saddened. He, the man was sad. And he went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. He did not obey Jesus. Most of the reasons people disobey God, money is at the root of it. Sometimes people lie, cheat, and do all kinds of stuff. Is what? Just to get more money. I mean, we've got to be honest with ourselves. We need to have these conversations as believers. Because we are an example in the word. Does he, and, but do you remember something? When Peter asks Jesus and says, Master, we have left all and followed you. What's our reward? What did Jesus say? He says, in this life, you reap a hundredfold. What? And in the life to come. Do you think if this man had obeyed Jesus... And sold everything and followed him. He will be poorer for it. Do you think he will be poorer for it? He will not be poorer. So what's the main issue here? This man could not trust the words of Jesus. So the main issue. Pay attention to this and don't miss this. The main issue about mammon is trust. Where is your trust? Where is your trust? Where is your confidence? As you're seated in church this morning listening to me or listening to me on live stream or listening to this audio, where is really the source of your confidence? What gives you confidence about life? Is it the many investments you have? Or the investment you plan to have? You know, the reason why some of us... Are unhappy is because we feel we don't have enough money. And once we have money, you even hear people say, Once I have money, I will serve this God. <laughs> God has had many vows like that. You said that. Eh? You know, um, uh, uh, a beautiful story. <laughs> My wife used to tell me one book she read, an email to God. I was tired of the book. This guy. Didn't have so much money. He was a faithful tither. And then he got blessed. He got blessed. And he calculated his time. The thing was huge. Ah, he felt, no, we can't give church this money. It's too much. So he reduced it. Well, it's, it's, it's a story. So the angel, so in the night, the, 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 you know, like the Lord came to him and says, oh, I saw what you give. Do you want me to reduce your income back to the 10% of what you gave? 
And then the guy said, no, 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 no. Why am I saying this? I'll tell you this, right? Most times people feel when they have more money, they will give. But that's not true. This year makes it 15 years I've been a full-time pastor. Not very many rich people give to God. I can tell you that. I can tell you that. I can tell you that. Not very many rich people give to the things of God. Not many. You know why? Because it controls. They are projects. It will start giving you vision. One house in the village. Two in Lagos. One in Abuja. One in, you will ne- in, your life will never stop. It is accumulation upon accumulation. You will buy lands that you don't even know where they are. Say, I bought one land. Say, where is it? Say, it's in Ijebu. Where in Ijebu? Say, my uncle knows the place. And then two years later, your uncle passes on. That your uncle didn't tell anybody because both of you were keeping it secret because it's a strategic investment. Now it's strategic loss. Is money giving you vision? How, how much more do you really need in life? Let's ask that question. How much more do you really need to be happy, to live well? I'm asking you, how much more do you really need? No, let's be honest. How much more? That you have all this high blood pressure, not sleeping at night, you know, you, I mean, I mean, how much more? And you know, we do all these guys for like, Lord, we want to hit words so we can eat the kingdom. And then let's be honest. What's been your giving to the kingdom in the last three years? Just check it out. Just, I mean, go back home. Do your giving to the kingdom. What's it about? How rich are you towards God in the last couple of years? Will more money make us comfortable? Probably on the earth, a little bit of comfort. But the truth of the matter is, I'll tell you this. The scripture calls riches uncertain riches. Everything you own today can be wiped out in one day. Every single thing. The policy changes, natural disaster, something happens, something. And you just realize, boom, that's it. That's it. Or just put someone who is not honest in charge of your projects. And the man keeps sending you pictures of houses he's not building. And you retire to an empty land. And and this is not a message to stop you from investing. This is not a message to stop you from having plans. This is a message to warn you from bowing down to the God of money. Once in a while, you draw your ear and say, you see what? It's okay. Just relax. And keep serving this God. And see how the Lord opens doors for you. Are you still here? You know, one day the Lord dealt with me where this was concerned. I was doing a couple of stuff, you know. I got to a point I was, you know, reading investment book, doing this, doing this, doing this. You know, so, you know, the Lord asked me. He said, how did you get to where you are? I mean, because I, I, you know, I want my son to go to a good school, like this, this, this. And then the Lord brought up this scripture and began to talk to me about how you can move from the faith line and get into logic. 
And what you try to do is you try to secure the future by human calculations without going through the route of God. I know as we are all seated here this morning, including me preaching, sometimes we feel our problem is if we have more money, we will do more things. We'll be able to help people more, right? How many people have you really helped? What actually happens is when money increases, is your comfort. You increase your comfort level. That's why you realize that once resources come... First, you just look at your chair. Hmm. <laughs> mm. There you go online. Right? Now, before the money came, there was absolutely nothing wrong with those chairs. That's why you know that your curtains are bad, except you went to your neighbor's house. Do you know there are people who have peace with what they have until they went somewhere else? And the chairs are not. Then, Throw those chairs away. Throw them away. God has blessed us. Then you now go and maybe even get chairs that are less stronger. See, this one is from Italy. <laughs> and when somebody's sitting, you tell them, oh, hold on first. Eh? It's good. It's good to sit on Italian chairs. Then you start discarding. You move to a bigger house. Right? Get a bigger car. Hmm? Change your children's school. Buy iPad for all of them. Buy computer game for all of them. Can even take them to the saloon. Let them start plating their hair. They can't cut hair anymore. God has blessed us. Plate the hair. <laughs> we cannot afford wig for the boys. Hmm? Can't wear jeans from Nigeria anymore. It's good. There's nothing wrong with all of those. But you understand that the money is now giving you direction. But I thought you said you, we want, because you wanted to be a blessing. They sent tithes to church. Then Richard Pastor's phone, 5,000. I can keep preaching the word and keep sending messages. Eh? Send 50,000 to one orphan. Pay school fees. Then change your wardrobe again. So you just give enough for your conscience to be okay. So I've given my title. I've sorted pastor. Sorted these two people. It's okay. <laughs> then you go again. Right? You can't use regular hair again. Let's go for human hair. 140. And it has to be six colors. Beautiful. There's nothing long, wrong with you looking beautiful. But you want it to be a blessing. We can see how of a blessing you are. That you sort some people again. And you just discover that itself it's me. It's me. At that point, you're not even praying anymore. God, do you want me to do this? No, you can afford it. Right? Are we, are we, are we, are we, are we in church? You are very quiet. I know you all are rich people. That's why you are quiet. Right? But you understand this, right? The money starts giving you what? Direction. Starts giving you vision. You can own a house in Australia. Then you realize that with all you are earning, you are still under the same pressure like a man who is earning 10,000. Because your visions 
are bigger than, even though you are earning in millions. So you discover people earning 300,000, 400,000, 500,000 still with high blood pressure. And the man is earning 60,000. They are going through the same stress. So you see, it's just bowing down to the God of Mammon. So he controls you, gives you direction, gives you vision. More things to do, more things to do. Praise God. You are no longer frugal. Hmm? You can't manage anymore. <laughs> Let's read the next line. Verse 23. And Jesus, looking around, said to his disciple, How hard it will be for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God. These are the words of Jesus. How hard? <laughs> you know why it will be hard? Because it's the money that will be their trust. So God can't speak to them anymore. Oh, before you had money, you could exercise your faith for healing. Lord, I trust you. You by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. You can quote healing scriptures. Now, you have a personal doctor. Nothing wrong with having a personal doctor. Your child just looks like this. Oh, the eye is not normal. Hello, doctor. The eye is not normal. The child looked to the right. He says, snap the picture and send me. So he snap. So buy this one. Two tablets, three tablets, four tablets. You, you have a chemist shop in your home. Trust, trust. It might look good, but trust is shifting. And you have just calculated. If anything go wrong, we'll just fly to UK. I know UK has medical, you know, US. You know all the best hospitals. You, you, you are using the money to research about more doctors. When they say Christ is the healer, I say we used to believe those things in those days. <laughs> yeah, it's mammon giving control. Hmm? Yeah. Are you are you following what I'm saying? The key word here is trust. Trust. The key issue is not whether you have money or you don't. No, no. It's God's will. Listen, it's God's will for all of us to prosper. He says, I'm the Lord, that God, who gives you power to get wealth. It, God, God is not against it. But you look at this young man. He walked away from Jesus, disobeyed the command, refused an opportunity to be a disciple of Jesus. Walked away, sir. I gave an, I gave an example many years ago. I'll give it again. If you have... Let's say you have two jobs. One, one is going to pay better, the other one less. Will people pray about which one to take? Oh, come on, let's be honest. Will you pray? Even if you are praying, your pastor will say, what are you praying about? But how many of you know that God can actually direct you otherwise? So you see that mammon has taken the place of God there. That if you have two offers, you don't even pray. Just say, that one is paying better. I say, pastor, I will send something. You know what? Sometimes when some pastors are here, I will send something. It looks like God has answered their prayers. Are you still here? And we have also made ministry like that. That people just feel it's about once you sought God, hmm? you are free. (laughs) It says it's hard. If you have money, read the scripture. 
be reading it all the time. You say, how hard? It's Jesus that said it. You say, how hard? You look at it now. How hard? He looked around and said to his disciple, how hard it will be for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God. It will be hard. Because what, has, what will now start taking place is that there will be two controls in their life. God and mammon. God, that's why it will be hard. In fact, the disciples, look at disciples' reply. The disciples were amazed at his word. But Jesus answered and said to them, Children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? Eh? Now let me tell you something. We always quote this scripture. Right? With people it is impossible, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. It's not a scripture about when you are believing for something. It's a scripture that wealthy people should enter the kingdom. <laughs> Read it down now. It's here, verse 25. It is easier for a camel to go to the eye of a needle than for the rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Hmm? They were even more astonished and said, Then who can be saved? Looking at them, Jesus said, With people it is impossible, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. Then Peter now said, Behold, we have left everything and followed you. So Peter heard what Jesus said to this young man. To say, So Peter said, ah, What you told this man to do is what we did. So, how far? Let's <laughs> know if we will enter. Right? And then he said, there's no one who has left house, brothers, mothers that will not receive a hundred. But I want to tell you this. When he said it is impossible with men, this is impossible. With God, it's not impossible. He's not talking about things you are believing for. He's talking about if a man believes in God, even though he's wealthy, it is possible for him to enter the kingdom. That scripture has nothing to do with your shoes you are believing God for. It is... It is a scripture that gives you the assurance that there are people on the earth that will not allow mammon to control them. That with God, it is possible to be wealthy and still get into the kingdom. But with men, it is impossible. Oh, with men, it is impossible. I had... Maybe I'll leave that, but... You know, I had someone who worked in the National Assembly, the State House of Assembly. <laughs> and uh, there was a time he reached out, reached out to a couple of people, just come, just want to bless them and everything. So I said, no, uh, I'm not coming. So later he called. He said, Say you know the truth is that eh, is it was some errors back. He said he said in this hour this thing is difficult to to be a Christian and to be this thing. It's not easy. Oh. Say you are a pastor. I can tell you the truth because there are certain things that you have to do as a politician, right? They are bringing papers for you to sign, but your account has already been been credited. There's nothing just to say thank you. But you know what is expected of you, Abby. This is not in any way to I mean to be judgmental and everything. But do you know you would have believers who would go and walk in places they shouldn't walk in just because it affords them money? 
Hmm? So you're a young man, for instance. Say, oh, there's no job, there's no job. The only job they gave you is at a club. Hmm? You are the one mixing the stuff for them. So, I mean, that's your work. Say, ah, Pastor, what, what will I do now? This is the only one that came. No problem. So you now, as a Sunday school teacher, right? You, you are the one mixing whatever they mix there. If they need to call a girl, you are the one they are sending. Eh? You are the one hiding. Yeah, but but what, will you, what will you do? What, what will you do? Who is giving you directions there? It's mama. And you are despising God. Because as you are mixing like that, mixing like that, you say, test it now whether it's strong. You say, but I don't drink. You say, test. Then from there, you mix a bit, you keep your own. You mix. Before you know, you are. You, you, you. I mean. But what will you do? Well, there's no work. What will you do? <laughs> what will you do? Say, but I'll be paying my tithe. So for us, we can sin and pay tithe, and then the tithe redeems the other money, right? Mm-hmm. Are you learning something this morning? You see how mammon controls? Mammon will tell you there's no option. Hmm? Ah, what will man do? Without money, there's no respect in the marriage. No problem. Now you don't have marriage, you have money. Hmm? <laughs> and that's why we have built a society that looks down on many our jobs. Hmm? So if somebody is a plumber, for instance, just an example, we feel that, ah, no. But people will relocate from this country and go to other countries, and then there will be plumbers there. They'll just give it another name. Pipe fixers. <laughs> and then they'll send you a picture of snow, clean streets. And then you, you are praying to have that breakthrough. The breakthrough you are you're having here. <laughs> you know, I went there. One time I traveled, stayed with some of my friends in a country. And, uh, well, I wasn't so used to it then. As you leave the parlor, they were off lights. Enter room, they were on lights. They were, ah. I said, I'm coming back now. I said, no. <laughs> you know, yeah, we just on. Let there be lights. We, we obey that instruction. We don't want darkness. We can even sleep with the lights on. Until he got to a point and said, how much is the light? Take a little and leave the light on. Because it's almost like you have to use touch to walk here. From room here, you go, you know, it's, it's, it's actually not easy to live abroad. But the truth of the matter is, is mammon governing our decisions? Or God? Are you as committed to God again? And this issue is an issue of trust. What about if that man had said, you know what? I trust you, God. Sold everything. Right? And came to Jesus. Do you realize when Mary broke the alabaster box, the feet of Jesus, what did Judah say? Talk to me. What did Judah say? Oh, we should have sold this thing and given it to the poor. What does the Bible say about him? It says it's not because he cared about the poor. 
but because he wanted where he can still disciple of Jesus or assistant pastor. I'm, I'm telling you. It will look like a concern for the poor, but it is driven by what? Mammon. And that's why some of the public, the corporate social responsibility we do, it looks like we really care about the poor, but it's actually building our image so we can have more contracts. That has nothing to do with the poor. And we've been taught when you give to widows, God will really support you. So we just buy wrapper. Every December, I like to give wrapper. Praise God. So you realize something, right? It's not every good thing you get involved with. Your money must not lead you to good projects. God has to lead you. It's as many as are led by the Spirit of God that they are the sons of God. So God says, hey, I want you to minister to that widow. Do you realize even the widow of Zarephath, God commanded her to sow into the life of Elijah? So what am I saying? There are good things we can get involved in. Noble project, but see, we don't do these things because they are principles of prosperity. We do them because of the love of the Father. Are you still here? So this is an issue of trust. One of the things that Jesus said, Mark 4.19, that will make the word of God not work in the lives of people is called it what? The deceitfulness of riches. You see, that's why the word is not working. So that's why the word is not working. He calls it what? The deceitfulness of riches. Which means that riches can deceive. Riches can deceive. He calls it the deceitfulness of riches. And he says that's why Mark chapter 4 verse 19. Let's just go back there quickly. Parable of the sower. Come on, is somebody learning something? He says, but the worries of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So it makes the word of God not to be fruitful. And I tell you something, church. I believe it's God's will to prosper us. I believe it's God's will for us to walk in abundance. I believe it's God's will for us to have more than enough to get the job done. But I don't believe that we should be under the control of money. You know when Elijah, Elijah and Gehazi, when uh, Naaman came with all those offerings, come on, what did Elijah, what did Elijah say? Gave him healing. He says, no, don't, don't worry. But how many of you know Gehazi was controlled by Mammon? What did Gehazi do? Run quickly. Oh, my master came. So you, preachers can't be controlled by mammon. Hmm? So a preacher teach, teaches you to redeem the firstborn. And tells you for special deliverance, you have to sow a seed according to your age. If you are 30 years, you sow 30,000. If you are 40 years, you sow 40,000. If you are 50 years, you sow 50,000. Right? According to your age. Those kind of service you'll be wishing you were not old. Because in that service now, you're approaching 60. So you have to show how much? 60,000. Hmm? Because they open to Psalm 119, verse 92. And say, today is the seventh. What's today's date? What's today? Tenth. Okay, so tenth. So we are showing 10,000 to enter this. Stop all those rubbish. Let me tell you something. People who really give to God don't wait for all of those things. Are you following what I'm saying? You see, God can speak to people more than you can speak to them. You've got to learn to trust God. 
Let's read two more scriptures. Thank you, Lord. Let's go to First Timothy six seventeen. When next you are making a decision, ask yourself who is controlling, who is making this decision, Mammon or God? Am I despising God? First Timothy six seventeen. Instruct those. Some translation says charge. Those who are rich in this present world. Now you realize something. He didn't, he didn't rebuke them. Wealth is not a bad thing. Say instruct those who are rich in this present world. Not to be considered. The word considered is high minded. Not to be proud. Not to be haughty. There is a level of pride that money brings into your life that you have to watch against. Because you know what? God exalts the humble. And look at it. It's all to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches but on God. That's the key of this message. Your hope, where is it fixed? The, the, the New King James Version and King, not to trust in uncertain riches. This thing is about hope. Where is your hope? Let me ask you a question this morning. What is the hope that your children will have a bright future? Is it the multiple investments you've done for them? Is it, you know, the foundation you've laid for them in terms of the money I've laid up? Is that it? Is that where your hope is? What's the hope that you'll have a good life in the next four years? It is all the multiple investments. Money has a way of securing the hope of men. And that is what Satan did in the temptation of Jesus. He says, if you bow down to me, I'll give you all of the glories of this world. And Jesus refused to bow down to Satan. Jesus refused to serve Satan. Once in a while, as saints of the living God, we must remind ourselves of these scriptures. And whether you like it or not, I believe so much in prosperity and abundance and the increase of God. But you see, the, the, the way the church has gone in the last couple of years where prosperity is concerned. If a conference is not about prosperity, if a conference is not about... I mean, you know, I was just thinking. There are a lot of biblical themes that many believers are not aware of. Just advertise a conference and say understanding atonement. And see how many people you would get on the next conference. Just say keys to attainment. Please we'll be full. Because we want more. Hmm? Come on. Are we here? This church command those who are rich. Not to trust in upsetting riches, but what? In the living God. Go back to the New American Standard Bible. Who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. So, God is not against you having things to enjoy. What is God against here? Trust. Everybody say trust. And that's a big issue. Trust is a big issue. Sometimes we don't even know when we have allowed our trust to sleep. Praise God. Sometimes we don't even know when we have allowed our trust to sleep. 
Look at this. Instruct them to do good. To be rich in good works. To be generous and ready to share. Storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future. So what's the good foundation for the future? Acting on the word of God. Being ready to share. Um, 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 allowing the Lord to instruct you where to go. Where, where your seed should get into. So that they may take hold of that which is life indeed. What is life indeed is not the things God gave you richly to enjoy. It's in obeying God in the distribution. Look at Abraham. Went with, to, to battle the king of Sodom. And got all those spoils. And the king of Sodom said, you can have this. What did Abraham say? He says, I've lifted up my hands to God. So that no one will say you made Abraham rich. Can you imagine Abraham rejecting the spoils of war because he trusted God? What can you reject because you trust God? Eh? They send you to buy something. Hmm? What can you reject because you trust God? You know, sometimes people say, oh, the church, the church of God, the church of God should be kind. Oh, I'll tell you a story, true story. One day we were in the office. My pastor in Asabadna was still working with us as a volunteer. So a, a young man came, said, oh, he's sick. He has to pay some medical bills, so, 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 like that. You know, my usual self before, I just believe people and bless him. But on this particular case, I just said, oh, okay. I said, he will go with you to the place and, you know, pay whatever he needs to pay. On the bike, <laughs> the guy told my, my pastor, he said, ah, don't spoil business from you. It's money I want to collect from pastor. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You think it's everybody who brings a need to church that is genuine? No, some people just feel that they have to collect part of the offering. Yeah, I'm telling you, there are people who just feel what is a church if church is not helping the poor. But if you study scripture carefully, Paul warned Timothy, he said, help only those who are truly widows. He says, if a widow is still young, let them go and walk. That's what Paul said. That means not every issue should be a welfare issue for church. Because for you to start even thinking that the church is a place of money shows that you are, you are, you, you, you are being empowered by mammon. That when you think of the church, that is the first thing that comes to your mind. I can pastor say, don't have money. Last Sunday, I saw the shoe you wore. The other Sunday, you don't know if they bought it for me. I mean, you're, you are not looking at the message. You are not looking at Bible. You are just, you can't just say they don't have money. Look at cars. You'll be counting cars for us. You are not a member of the security department. One, two, three, four. And I'm, I'm teaching and I'm thinking that you are saying the message is good. The message is good. And you are counting cars. You are looking at what people walk. You, are, you, you know where people walk. You know how much they earn. What is your business with that? You've just calculated. If I meet this one, meet this one, meet this one, meet your whole life, you've plotted it out without even praying and asking God. Why are you so concerned about what others have when you have a God who can answer your prayers? If you are walking here, no do, no do. Salary should be hitting, should be hitting, should be hitting. Let salary be hitting. That is another man's salary you are calculating, hitting, hitting, hitting. There is a Bible in front of you. The Holy Spirit is on your inside. 
You are not dumb, you are not deaf. You can open your mouth and pray to God. You will do none of those things. Your trust is in uncertain riches. You are serving mammon. Are you here? That's how you serve mammon. When all your plans in life are based on a man. Not based on God. Not on what God is giving you. Not on, not on the things God is telling you to do. Not on the visions God is putting in your heart. All your plans in life are based on the company you are working now. I work in this company for five years, six years. I'll be able to retire. I'll be able to do this. All your plan, there's no God. It's on the company. That's why you realize that sometimes when they drop some people from some company, their whole life is chattered because it was never rooted on God. The scripture calls it uncertain riches. Pay attention to it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In Ezekiel 28, verse 4 to 5, you can write that down. Let's read two more scriptures, then we close. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are you getting blessed? Yeah. Ezekiel 28. So the issue with mammon is trust. 4 to 5. By your wisdom and understanding, you have acquired riches for yourself. And you have acquired gold and silver for your treasuries. But by your great wisdom, by your trade, you have increased your riches. And your heart is lifted up because of your riches. Your heart is lifted up. That's what um, Paul was writing to Timothy. Charge those that are rich. And he was writing to believers. So they were rich people in the church. They charge those who are rich. Not to be high-minded. Say, by your wisdom, calculation, forex, bitcoin, building, investment. Blah, 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 blah. You have made yourself. So your heart is lifted up. Your heart is lifted up. Some of us have monies. We've lost families. Hmm? So, there's no relationship with your children. Hmm? They just send what they want. You send what they need. And that's it. Very wealthy, but no sense of family. Your son won't ask you anything. But you know you have money. So, sometimes we give better education. We lose relationship. Hmm? Yeah, your wife. No, there's no connection between your wife. You are the provider. Jehovah Jireh. So to your wife, you are like Jehovah Jireh. Say, what do, what do women want? What do women want, my brother? I say, is money. Is money. So, okay. You are married. You are just pumping money to your wife, right? She's dressing well. No relationship. Some of you can sustain conversation for 20 minutes. Because... Both of you are like roommates. So you, your wife just touches her hair. What do you want? How much? Once they touch you, it's how much. That's what comes. Because mammon has, has controlled you that once you see a woman, what comes to your mind is what? Money. And, and that's the truth. So your wife just touches you at night. Uh, how much? How much? No relationship. You can't say you are a friend. But when you sit with other guys, say, my wife does not lack anything. Let me tell you the truth. You can make all the provisions for a woman. But you know, that's, that's not what a woman needs in marriage. She needs friendship. She needs comfort. She needs love. And all these things are not money. It's time. So if you have more jobs taking you out of your home than keeping you in your home, 
you better pray. Because when you retire, you just realize that the only thing you are close to is newspaper. Yeah, you have to read the newspaper. They'll make, the way you were treating them, that's how they will treat you. They'll just put food for you in the morning. Say, sir, your food is in the microwave. Morning is beans. Afternoon is dodo. Evening is eba. I want to go and check my friend. You'll just be there reading newspaper and warming. Big house. Call your children. Oh, come home. Daddy wants to see you. Say, no, we will do video call. Nobody. Because they, they ask themselves, why are we coming? You just now realize you are big. Only servant, servant, servant. You now be telling stories that are not. Uh, when we were in the company, one day light went off. You look around you. No child, no wife. Your wife is always going to spend holiday with the children because they have a relationship you don't have. You are alone. They will cook food one month, deep freezer. You just be there. Yeah, you'll be there. You have money. You have money now. They say, what do you want? Chicken, turkey. They will labor it for you. T- turkey, chicken, goats. Even if you want frog, they'll put it. Roasted frog. Yeah? You will just be there. But if you read the book of Psalms, the sign of a blessed man says his children will surround his table and his wife will be a fruitful vine. That's the sign of a blessed man. It's not this thing we're doing because of money. Hmm? You just realize that your old age, you are alone. Oh, I'm doing it for them. No. You're not doing it for them. You're controlled by mammon. There's what God tells you to do. Follow the scriptures. Are you still here? Last scripture, 1 Timothy 6, 9 to 10. 1 Timothy 6, 9 to 10. Verse 8 says, If we have food, let's read from verse 6. But godliness actually is a means of great gain. No, five. And constant friction between men of depraved mind and deprived of truth. Depraved mind and deprived of truth. Who suppose that godliness is a means of gain? Mm. If you serve God, he will, you know, everything is about transaction. Say, if you win souls, God will bless you. So you start winning souls. Not because you really want them to be born again. So the next time you came, say, Lord, I did five today. How much be five? If I bring five people, it's multi-level marketing. Is <laughs> you have to go say, God, five souls for the pyramid is how much? God say you are qualified to be a manager. It's okay. Ten, how many? Senior supervisor. So then you can be born again, be born again, be born again. Come quickly. Let me become manager. <laughs> So everything is transaction. That's why you start harassing God. I want 10. I want 10. You know why people get frustrated and leave the church? Because of the way we taught them the gospel. So after years of doing all of these things, and they don't still have money, say, so what's the use? That's why you see most of the frustrated people you will talk to in this life were former Christians. They'll tell you, what did we not do? We tightened. I was a evangelism leader. They were all doing it for money. When you understand how it is now, when you are in a company, you are doing, doing it, you now, I mean, let's read, time is gone. <laughs> they say you win five souls and God will bless you. So you now win, say, ten. Eh? <laughs> Instruct those who are rich. No, I'm in the wrong scripture. First Timothy, sorry. First Timothy 6, right? Okay, verse 6. Let's read that quickly. All right. But godliness actually is a means of great gain. Who, when accompanied by what? contentment. So, it's actually great gain. God did not, God was not against gain. 
is just what goes with it. Instead of us thinking it is just for gain, what do we accompany our own godliness with? Contentment. We keep our trust in God. No matter how rich you become in this world, keep your trust in God. Look at this. For we have brought nothing into this world, so we cannot take anything out of it either. If we have food and covering, with this we shall be content. <laughs> but those who want to get rich fall into temptation. And a snare. A snare means a trap. And many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. Eh? We will take time to analyze the scripture. There is a lot here. For the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. The love of money. So it's not about what a man has. If your love for money is high, you will do evil. Whether you are poor now or you don't, you will do evil. And you know what? This love should not be for money. Who should it be for? God. Hmm? For love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. For love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. And some longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Who is an example of a man who wandered from the faith? The rich young ruler. Wandered away from the faith. Walked away from God. I pray, I pray for every one of us today. That this message will take roots in your heart. It won't be like every other message you've heard. It will act as a guide in your life. It will act as an anchor. You, you will be stabilized. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters. This thing called wealth. God can hand it over to you in a platter of gold without selling your soul. We are proof of that. God has helped us up till now and is still helping us to stick to the truth of God's word and look at what the Lord has done. Look at how the Lord has blessed us. Look at the things we undertake. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We ask, Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you cause this truth to be settled in our hearts. Let grace and strength come forth. May the hearts of men be established. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Are you blessed this morning? Alright, we're going to make the message available. Share it as wide as you can. I want to make very quick announcements. Okay? Please just bear with me. Make this quick announcement. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.